Today I want us to look at um, chapter 3 of Mark, verses 20 to 35. That was the passage that was read to us this morning. And my interest in this passage is that Jesus is confronted with mental illness and how he deals with that confrontation that he faces. So um, I bet many of you, if not all of you, have at some point of your life been faced with uh, others who suffer uh, mental illness or maybe you have experienced it yourself um, in some form and I wonder what your experience has been like. I have to say that I have had to learn uh, from my cousin and from the experience of being a, a family member of someone who suffers in this way, I've learned and I used to always get very frustrated with her and want her to conform to my way of understanding the world. And through the process, I have come to a point where I've learned to stop confronting her on every point and rather um, learn to respect her, to respect her decisions, also to um, relate to her in a loving way. And uh, I find that this passage, the way Jesus deals with mental illness, could help us all in that process. Um, to begin with, uh, he, Jesus is, um, throughout the Gospel of Mark, if you read it through chapter 1 and 2, and that to the point where we are in chapter 3, there has been a crowd building up around him, and he is uh, trying to deal with this crowd so much that he had to have a boat ready for him uh, so that they wouldn't crush him because everyone wanted to be healed by him and they were uh, trying to touch him and um, obtain uh, a gift of healing from him. So he's been dealing with this crowd and at this point the Gospel of Mark says that he and his disciples have no time to eat, not even able to eat because of the crowd and because of the demands of the crowd. Uh, I bet eat and sleep because um, this was a 24-7 occupation. And um, Jesus, it says in the Gospel that he was uh, having trouble getting into towns because there was such a crowd around him. So he stayed in deserted places um, because he needed to, to be able to get away from the crowd that was seeking him. Um, but when his family hears about this, they worry for him. They worry for his well-being and they uh, come to take charge of him. They think he's out of his mind, that he's crazy. And I've 
see that the concern of the family is for his well-being. And also the teachers of the law have another explanation that they're trying to uh, push and to uh, encourage people to believe. And that is that he is possessed by Beelzebub and that it's in his power that he is casting out demons. Uh, so these two points of view are both basically saying that Jesus is crazy. Um, in the Gospels, it appears to me that um, being out of their mind and being uh, possessed is basically consider the same thing. And when Jesus confronts someone who's possessed, um, what he does is liberate them in every single case that's mentioned in the Gospels. Um, and these spirits, what they do is they, they expose who Jesus is. They say he is the Son of God and that he has come to destroy them. And Jesus does not let them speak. Um, but Jesus's kingdom in arriving is uh, casting out and crushing the kingdom of Satan. So we can see how serious this accusation of the teachers of the law uh, was against Jesus. It was really uh, blasphemy, as he says, and uh, he confronts them. He is careful to say to them that um, if this were true, if their theory that he is possessed by the devil is true, uh, he would be part of a divided house. And that um, if that were so, the devil would be working against himself and would be destroyed. And that he sees that the devil wouldn't do such a thing. Even being the devil, devil, he's not acting in a dumb way. Um, so he is uh, taking away people from the oppression of the devil. And he's not doing it in the name of the devil, but he's doing it in the name of the Holy Spirit and of God. The, and uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what he says is that these people, by accusing him of doing it in the name of the devil, of Beelzebub, um, are basically attributing the work of God to the devil. And that is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That's, he's very strong against that. And he, he tells them that um, that has no forgiveness and uh, warns them that they should see the work of God for what it is. God's work is to liberate and to bring freedom um, I find that also in this passage, Jesus is um, very respectful or possessed 
by demons. Maybe if we were accused of being possessed by demons, we would bother ourselves with trying to demonstrate um, and say, look, that person is, I'm not, uh, or maybe say something unkind about people who are possessed because we want to disassociate from them. But Jesus does not do that. He um, goes to the true issue that the accusation is bringing out, and that is to attribute to the devil the work of God that he was performing. Concerning his family and the accusation of being out of his mind because he's not taking care of himself, he's not eating sufficiently, he's not supplying for his um, disciples' needs sufficiently, the response is quite different, and I think he, in the end, doesn't really respond to that claim. I don't think it bothers him that people may think he's crazy, but he just clarifies to his mother, to his brothers and sisters that arrive. They're standing outside and waiting for him to come out um, in order to take him away and to have him probably rest at home a while and maybe uh, recollect uh, what he's doing with his life and refocus his way of doing ministry. Uh, but Jesus does not give in to that uh, invitation or that desire of his family at that moment. Rather, he expands what uh, he understands and what his family should understand as his family. And that is those who do the will of God. And he says that to a crowd, and he says that to his disciples, and he probably that word also reached his mother and brothers and sisters. Uh, to be part of uh, the family of God is to do the will of God. So to do the will of God is more important than having time to eat. And that's, I think, where he goes, rather than saying, look, look, I'm not crazy, I can demonstrate I'm in my, I'm in my full use of my mind and I'm not acting in a crazy way. He doesn't demonstrate that, but rather he uses that moment to teach all his followers that his family is... Uh, of a different order. It's not only defined by blood, um, but rather it's defined by obedience to God's will. And that's a second response to the claim that he is crazy. Um, also in this one, I don't think he speaks against being crazy. Uh, and I kind of feel that there's a relationship with another passage in the Gospel of Mark, if you would go with me a little bit further to chapter 8, verses 34. Um, and this is once Jesus has started speaking to his disciples about his death. Um, 
and to the crowds. He has spoken about his death, his coming death. And he says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now I want to relate this idea of Jesus not having time to eat, but rather uh, using all his energy and all his capacity to do the will of God. And that heal the sick, to deliver those who were under oppression of the enemy, to speak and preach to the great crowds, to teach them the kingdom, even to give them food. Uh, that was the will of God for him. And it had precedence over um, taking care of himself. And so I think that comes uh, very much in relationship to this denying ourselves um, and not living to save our lives, but losing our life for Christ and for the gospel. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was spending his life. He was using it for the gospel. And that is a crazy attitude for the world. Uh, the world will always say that when we do that, we're acting as people who are crazy. And that's not logic to this world, but it is logic to the kingdom. Um, it's to do with giving everything for the kingdom and leaving the result to the Father. And in this way, I believe we do have things to learn from people who are mentally ill, who are not afraid to live outside of the standards, um, because many times we live afraid of what other people will say, and sometimes that keeps us from being obedient to the call of the Father, to the will of God. And, um, I think this also encourages us to revalue um, people with mental illness. They have things that they can teach us. They uh, have their own logic. It's an expression of their suffering. Uh, I've learned that um, a lot of mental illness comes from trauma in early childhood and abandonment and um, abuse, uh, not all of it, but some of it does, and 
this mental illness of schizophrenia particularly is a way of explaining the world in the midst of a lot of suffering that they have experienced personally. And um, as a community of a church, if the Lord gives us an opportunity to come close to establish a dialogue with um, people with mental illness and understand their logic, understand their world, instead of coming and judging it, maybe asking questions um, and always trusting that God's will is to deliver them from this oppression. Uh, thank the Lord. Nowadays, there are a lot of treatments. There are a lot of resources. Um, uh, psychologists and uh, the psychiatric field is also uh, walking in a direction of giving people a better opportunity to be themselves and not to be enclosed in psychiatric um, facilities. And so all that is uh, positive for the lives of, of these people. Um, and we as a church, maybe if we can be um, a receiving community to people with mental illness and supportive to their caretakers, to their families. Um, and the Lord may use us to bring about um, that freedom and that uh, restoration that Jesus operated in the lives of all these people that were suffering under that oppression. I thank you for this opportunity to share and think about this passage and also to encourage each other to be disciples of Christ, to be true disciples, to deny ourselves and to take up our cross and follow him. And even if we appear crazy to the world, to do the will of the Father in the world. And may the Lord use us to bring freedom, to bring a hope into the lives of people that struggle and suffer with mental illness. Thank you, and the Lord bless each of you.